Hello, everyone. I just posted an outline, but I thought maybe making a really brief audio introduction would help people kind of like learn about this project. So I'm going to start with my understanding of what some of the challenges are and then look at what I think the first principles are of church planning and then look at what's new in this time, in this age that we need to address. And that age is the uh, digital first message age. And there's probably a better way I could describe it. I originally wrote this uh, message called in an age of attention scarcity, um, but I wanted to kind of be clearer about what that meant, but th they both apply. So, so let's start. So the first thing is I wanted to ground it in what I think some of the big challenges of church planting are today, and we'll come back to them much, much later. But I think it's velocity, how quickly can they be done? Uh, the reach, how far can you reach these churches? How far can you reach the people who should be touched by the message? What will be the actual impact? Meaning once somebody has become a part of the church, even after they've been regenerated, um, are they there in a lasting way, in an enduring way? Do they move from um, young Christian to mature Christian? And then the last is sustainability, which is not about climate change, but it's about the sustainability for the planting pastor economically as well as personal energy-wise and the sustainability of the church itself for durability. So what I want to do is lend ground. What, what are we focusing on? from my perspective of what church planting should do. So save more people, so Acts 2.47, and then to mature them, mature those who have been saved, and then have them in that community in which they love one another. So 1 Corinthians 3.2, 1 John 4.21, Ephesians 4.14. I am not going to reference any of the scriptures moving forward since it's in my notes. But what moves someone to be saved? So, again, this feels like I'm getting out to the basics, but I felt that it was a good way to ground a new way to look at the changing environment. And there is an inexplicable movement of the Holy Spirit. Like it moves like the wind, and we don't know where it goes. We know that faith comes from hearing the word, that word being the word of God. And then there is a facing of one's sin through understanding hearing the law, seeing that nobody is um, righteous, and then they realize there's grace through faith. So let, let's pause there and see how do I stitch this together. So if we believe, well, it's God's words first, specifically that which reveals our sin through the law and which causes repentance, and then redemption through Christ's propitiation, it seems like it's really about some kind of message, right? It's hearing the word and a very specific nature of the word. And those who have eyes to see and ears to hear, they will then be regenerated. And that's sort of the purpose, the front purpose of the church. And I want to set aside what church means first, because uh, often it's associated with a building or a specific community, the fact that there's music, um, programs, snacks, meals, and really the first thing is the message. And so if we believe that that is in fact true, then to me it seems that church planting first is about a message. 
And this is a very interesting point in time in history if we acknowledge that, that it is a message and its goal should be distributed as widely as widely like the wind, as the wind blows. So if we start and we say there's nothing else, none of the other things associated with church, what does that mean? So let's pause and then say, well, what is our current digital media landscape? What, what is occurring right now outside of the church? And I would say it is an unprecedented audience building time. So we can just look across all platforms. We have seen the internet and then mobile and then the rise of platforms such as YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, and all that is digital content. All those are messages. And so in many cases, some folks have in the secular world are very, very successful in driving a message, whether it is a influencer on Instagram, or Mr. Beast on YouTube, the rapid rise of their particular message is unprecedented. Um, so what does that mean in terms of the church? So we, we have seen where there are very successful preachers or um, biblical YouTubers, and they amass a very large audience. And that is very possible. And so in, in the case of preachers, when I go through the comments, there are many who are not in the same geographic region as that preacher, and many who would say they would love to be able to attend that church. That, to me, is a signal that the message is available, there are people coming to it, and it's, it's not just believers. There are some, if you read the comments, who attribute their being saved to messages um, on, on YouTube. So... The, the converse then is very true, right? So the converse is actually true. A, a planter who starts with a message could also reach a very wide audience of people who in turn would have an affinity for that message, that style, their God-given voice, and wish they could join. That is where I believe the opportunity is, is to be global digital first and drive those into local churches. So how does that work? How, how does that work? So the first part is the planter is audience first, message first. And, and that seems consistent with scripture. They really focus on their message. And it is hard and it is competitive, but that doesn't mean that that's not necessarily the right thing to do. For them to be able to speak and preach in a way that hones in on a specific audience. They have a, they have a way. And that's where there's this huge um, design space for really helping people to understand, well, maybe there's a different way in which they preach. If you look at most preaching that's even already on YouTube, most of them are the same. And I don't think that that has to be the case. So, so once that audience is done across the different platforms, all those platforms can then drive people to another platform, which is the one that I've started to build, which then enables those who have an affinity for the message to then connect more directly with others who have an affinity for message and the planter themselves. That is where you have the digital first churches. Right? So they have a way for them to engage with each other without being in person, as well as to engage 
directly with the pastor. So what does the platform need to be able to do? So the first one is it's a way for them to see the actual message and to, and to play it and to, to engage with it. And what I mean by engage with it is if you look at what YouTube has been good at doing is it allows some sort of comments, but it doesn't seem like they really spent a lot of time in it because they don't really need to. That's not part of their business model. There's enough for people to come back in, show what they're interested in, have some engagement. But I think we can have more direct engagement that that just takes the idea of YouTube and just extends it just a little bit. There there's, doesn't need to be much change in there. But you'll see once you have this platform and then you design it to encourage meeting daily virtually um, amongst those who have the affinity to talk about the message. And I propose, for example, breaking up those messages into more bite-sized pieces that directly address the longer message. So the MVP I have allows the pastor to then make short TikTok videos, TikTok-style videos that break down the key points and allow the people of Infinity to talk amongst that specific point amongst each other. And, and that really gets to the meeting daily aspect from Acts 2. And so you could imagine, envision six smaller TikToks that they kind of go in and they address in you know, 30 seconds, maybe a minute long, and then they can engage with each other. And the planter, the pastor, still plays their overseer role because they can see all the interactions very easily right, right from their phone. Jump in, correct, encourage, get them to know them. And then the app should support the safe clustering of those who in fact do start to live close to each other to start to gather. So there's a couple of steps here, but you can see that the idea is to take the top of the interest, like when someone's interest, and drive them into a more contained platform, which en encourages deeper daily engagement. So I've listed that some people say there's some problems. I'm gonna to try to address them very quickly here. Um, so, so the first one is, well, it really puts a lot of pressure from the very beginning for the planter, because it is not easy to build an audience on YouTube. But, but I actually think that's the mindset that does need to change. We've looked at the scriptures and we see, well, it is the hearing of the word. And it's a calling for people to repent and to hear the hope in Christ alone. So I actually think what's happened in the modern day church planting has really failed to help the cause. Like really the focus should be the message. Instead, I've seen church plants, they raise a bunch of money, they distribute a lot of things and advertisement, they have a big building, they have a big attractional uh, event, you know, distributing, you know, coffee or um, meals or something to drive people in. And th those things are interesting. They do have potentially a place. But if I look at the scriptures, it is, it is the combination of the Holy Spirit in conjunction with the message. And so I think it's really level setting and giving the preacher the when they're planting, instead of going out and getting busy and doing activities, I believe, and it's a new way to train them, is they spend more time in a prayer closet rather than going and raising money. 
and then coming up with what is the best message and working with people to really think how do they hone their message and find their God-given voice. Because clearly those with the right approach are able to attract an audience across these platforms. I would actually push back. Someone is really reluctant. They don't feel confident. And it's like, well, then why plant a church first? Why is that the first thing to do if you're not already confident? You could end up being the lead shepherd of a local church in this model that actually starts to have traction. Um, and, and, and yes, that may mean you're laying down being the primary preacher as a responsibility. And I think that might be a hard model to break, but I think we can look at scriptures where in terms of the body, uh, there is an interdependence that is asked for. And I think that that is actually a good one. So the next challenge might be that yeah, you have this message and who knows where it takes traction. You start to hone it. You really figure out your voice. Suddenly you're building traction. And then you're probably going to go to where the first local community is that has a strong concentration of people. Now you no longer have any control of where that is. And that can be scary. I, I, I realize many people will think, oh, you know, the spirit has led them, God led them to a specific place. But we also have to be honest that the heart is deceitful. And we may have some other motive that we honestly cannot determine on our own when we let it to our own devices. Whereas if we plant seeds everywhere and we see it blossom, that's a stronger indicator that the spirit is moving in that community. And that's where you need to go. The other problem that people may have to object to this is now you can't aspire to a large single site. And that has been held as probably the end goal of a planter. Oh, I just want to have a large single site. Maybe if I do great, I'm going to have multi-site. Instead, you may have for a very long time a highly distributed church with lots of small groups or home churches that are feeding off of your central message. But no single site will actually be very big. To which I respond, that, that actually might be more effective. The geographic focus actually may be less focused and less impactful versus a very targeted message. But it's so targeted and so specific that it never finds concentration from a geographic perspective. They may be a type of person or hobby or point of view, and you are just extremely good at doing that. And we know that that happens. We know that there are authors, or including Christian authors, who write something, and it's very specific about a condition or a circumstance or a life change, and they're able to grab an audience. That Since we know that that occurs, why can't a planter do the same thing and then just build local community and orchestrate it remotely? The other objection might be you can't create the traditional awesome worship experience. And that's part of the tradition of having a large single site, you know, owning or at least controlling 
the building, you can control everything. You have lights, ambience, band, you know, you have all this that you can control and you will no longer have that. And, and I would argue, I, I think you can still create great worship experiences, have some control and support it, but in a decentralized way. So let me give an example. Suppose you do manage to have distributed seven small churches of, you know, 12 people each spread throughout the world. Well, as they start to tithe and contribute, you could provide worship kits. Uh, so, for example, give everybody uh, battery-powered candles, throw pillows, um, some kind of, you know, comfy decorations that will make the place homey if the person having is kind of like God has a more mundane home or they don't have a sense of style. It could also be providing room paying for remote singing and uh, guitar lessons to enable somebody to lead worship. And, and I have found that if you actually have those two, that's just as good an experience. If I'm in someone's home and it's actually very, you know, comfortable and tastefully designed, um, and, and somebody is like a good musician, you only need one. And maybe throw in DoorDash and they serve local food. Those three things really meet what Acts 2 sort of talks about, which is worship and pray together. They break bread together. Um, back to the Bereans, they search the scriptures together. Um, that, that's, that's just as good as any high production quality experience can be. So what would this church ultimately look like once you scaled it? So to me, the ability to quote unquote, meet digitally and pray daily is actually an opportunity for even established churches. And that was the original idea behind the app was to go to um, existing churches and say, look, my, my experience with the rest of the church and even my small group, it's basically nothing between Sunday and maybe the small group. But I'm on Reddit, I can be on Twitter, some people are on Facebook, and you can communicate every day. So I created a version which grounds all the uh, communication around the TikTok style uh, videos that are going through, and I would propose exegeting very specific parts of the overall sermon, but just doing it in 30 seconds or one minute, and then letting people talk about it, comment through it. This addresses both the meeting regularly and solves the time of attention, the issues of attention and convenience of connecting in real life. It also really presses, which I think is missing in many churches, to fall in the tradition of the Bereans and really searching the scriptures daily, and in which case they develop a noble mind. I think what this also does is it starts to push back to the local members an ability to actually teach shepherd very, very early. Um, this focus on building up teachers who are engaging and they're like teaching and expositing in, in this app that is overseen by the planter to correct and to address pay, maybe variances against doctrine actually builds up earlier, the ability to teach and exegete, which is often missing in churches. There are many churches where we have people who can attend for years, and their ability to actually conduct a meaningful exegesis in a clear, understandable fashion is entirely missing, and that is totally unacceptable.
Um, so, so that is it sort of like in a nutshell to summarize where I am so far. Um, I actually do have an app. It's on the app store. It's been sort of an MVP development. So, you know, the TikTok videos aren't actual TikTok videos. It's just pictures of my daughter dancing. And so I got to get rid of those and then maybe substitute those with other things. But, but, you know, there's, there's more that can be done. Uh, there's a low code mode that we could work on. Um, I'm also experienced with like exporting that to GitHub and then trying to work with that locally with Xcode. Um, be great if there is somebody who could help. I've tried to use a remote CICD um, and I could never get it to work, um, which would speed things up a lot. Uh, but anyway, um, that's sort of my summary. Hoping that uh, this was clear. I'm kind of like doing this while traveling and that uh, connect with people who are intrigued. Thanks.